Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war We have delved into many of the untold stories, the controversial debates, and the groundbreaking legal battles that have shaped our world post-COVID. The story of Brenda Downs isn't just that of another patient placed on a ventilator and poisoned with remdesivir, although both of those did happen. But as you'll begin to see as the story unfolds, it is one of corruption to the highest degree. It is a matter that strikes at the very core of our healthcare system and raises questions about the ethical responsibilities of hospitals. I'm talking about the disturbing trend of hospitals denying patients access to a potentially life-saving medication, ivermectin. Ivermectin, originally developed as an antiparasitic drug, has gained attention in recent years for its potential efficacy in treating COVID-19. Numerous studies have proven it to be a valuable tool in battling this virus, offering hope to those who have been suffering and are desperate for treatment options. However, despite mounting evidence and countless anecdotal success stories, many hospitals have chosen to turn their backs on ivermectin as a potential treatment option. Patients who are pleading for access to this medication are being met with denial and resistance from medical professionals who claim that there is insufficient evidence or that it is not approved by regulatory bodies. This denial of ivermectin raises serious questions about our healthcare system's commitment to patient-centered care. Shouldn't we be exploring every possible avenue when lives are at stake? Shouldn't we prioritize compassion and empathy over bureaucratic red tape? It's disheartening to see patients being denied a potentially life-saving treatment simply because it does not fit within the established rigid protocols or guidelines. We must remember that medicine is ever-evolving, with new treatments and approaches constantly being discovered. Denying patients access to these options only serves to hinder progress and limit their chances of survival. We cannot ignore the countless stories of individuals who have fought tooth and nail for access to ivermectin, often resorting to legal battles or seeking alternatives outside of traditional healthcare systems. These stories highlight the desperation felt by those whose loved ones' lives hang in the balance. You're listening to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. Before we get started today, I do want to encourage our listeners, if you have questions or comments, or perhaps you want to share your own experiences with what you're seeing on the front lines of healthcare, you can now submit those to us by sending them directly to nurses at americaoutloud.com. We will be featuring your questions and comments every Tuesday on a special Q&A episode with the nurses. We encourage all of you to engage in the battle and find your voice in this fight. But until you are able to do that, we will continue to be that voice for you. When Brenda Downs' doctors had no more medical interventions to save her from COVID-19, 
her family asked for doctors to administer ivermectin. When they refused, her family filed an affidavit seeking emergency and injunctive relief. A deal was struck with Ohio Health that if the Downs family agreed to a confidentiality agreement, Brenda would receive the medication. Ohio Health was so worried about anyone finding out about this that they put a $1 million penalty on each of the three family members. The family agreed under duress to save their wife and mother, but the ivermectin never came. In fact, the Downs family was ambushed and intimidated by doctors at the hospital, lying to them that ivermectin would harm Brenda. When the family went to court to have the agreement set aside, Ohio Health then sued them, claiming their request to clear up the matter was frivolous. The family is now facing a trial on this matter. Joining me today to discuss their ongoing legal battle is Brenda's husband and daughter. Don Downs was the husband of Brenda Downs and father of Melissa Atkins, Kara Bookman, and Joseph Downs. He and Brenda had four children and have built a beautiful and loving family together for 42 years. Don is the pastor of a small non-denominational church in Ohio. He has been in ministry for 26 years. He has a heart for young people and ministers in local youth detention centers. After the loss of his wife due to the COVID protocols, he has devoted time in freeing himself of a gag order issued by Ohio Health and exposing corruption in hospitals and courts. Also joining us today is Kara Bookman. She is the middle daughter of Don and Brenda Downs. She is an elementary school teacher of 14 years. She is married to Jacob Bookman and they have two children. Kara is active in their church and children's ministry. After the passing of her mother, Kara devoted her time to helping those with COVID-19 access other treatment methods. Don and Kara, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. <clears throat> Absolutely. And, and first, you know, let me just say that I am so sorry for your loss and for all that you have had to endure at the hands of this corrupt system. Um, you know, I've seen this happen firsthand and it doesn't get any easier mm -hmm. to witness. And I just, I want to express my condolences to you and your family. Thank, Thank you, you for that. You're welcome. So I, I want you to just kind of share your story, um, just the circumstances surrounding Brenda's illness, her hospitalization, and and the denial of the ivermectin. Okay. What we're going to do is I think I'm going to, we're both going to share, but I want to start sure. out uh, by saying um, I I never dreamed in all my life that that we would ever face such a situation in in America. I just it was mind blowing, really. But first of all, our experience was evil versus good, and that's just the way it is. And I want to start off by saying that what we're doing is just not for our loved one Brenda, my wife of forty six and a half years. We got married when we was in the 12th grade, in fact, both had jobs. But my two daughters and my son lost their best friend, not to COVID, but to the damnable protocol that this government put out, Fauci. But I want to say this, our hearts go out to the some 1.2 million others who lost family members. Uh, they have been shook to the core over these deaths. And our hearts also go out to the many, many doctors and nurses that were terminated or harassed to the brink 
because they knew that protocol was killing people. So this story is for you and everyone else. Our story tells how far the monster medical field will go to stop ivermectin or any other protocol that would help their loved ones live. So this is, uh, it's it really the word for this, our attorney in New York that I was forced to fire in the courtroom that day. He put it in one word. What was done to him and to our family uh, was the unconscionable. So people really need to look that word up. But um, I just want to say the uh, when 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 she went to the hospital, uh, July twenty eighth was it? Around there, yeah. Yeah, we both had COVID. We went into the local hospital. We were in the, in the same room for three days. I got, somehow I got a little better. I got released, but she had to be transported to Ohio Health uh, Doctors West in Columbus, Ohio, about 50 minutes from here. And the, you know, the same day that my wife went on life support, she was in there a few days, but they dogged her about getting on life support. She didn't even the day they put it on her, she told us, I don't even feel that bad to be put on it. But they would just dog her and dog her for, for two or three days because they said it would help uh, rest her lungs. But, of course, we found out soon that that was not true. Uh, but so, uh, so can I just stop you on one, one second? I'm sorry. I just want to ask a, a real quick question here. So when she, when they were asking her to put her on the ventilator, so she was not in distress, right? She was no, not having no. that difficult of a time breathing. No, she, she was on high flow max. Uh, yeah. Oh, so they hadn't even moved to BiPAP at that point. They were just high flow. Okay. That's interesting. Um, All right. Yes, they did finally move to BiPAP that, okay. that last day. Yeah. Um, but she, she was still talking fine. She was awake. She was alert. Yeah, oh. yeah. That's what that's but what, what we, we had found seeing. out later. She, they had also had her on fentanyl while she was um, on the high flow oxygen, and she wasn't in any pain. Right. So, and we didn't know that she was in on fentanyl, and it, it just doesn't make any sense why you would yeah. put. Exactly. A, a patient on oxygen on fentanyl. Yeah, but it's just because it's in the protocol and that's in the, that's the type of right. thing that we were seeing over and over again, things that weren't necessarily um, necessary at all. That makes sense if they are on um, the ventilator or if they're in a significant amount of pain, but it's they, they stick to that rigid protocol. I just wanted clarification on that, but I'm, I'm so sorry. You can go ahead and continue. Oh. No, um, so... That they, when they were trying to talk her into the uh, life support, um, they finally brought us in because she just kept refusing. And they they told us if she doesn't go on it today, she, you know, she will die within 12 to 24 hours. Yeah. yeah. And and they scared us, of course, and, and they scared her into it. And she, she finally just got so sick of them harassing her about it that she just gave in. Um, but while she was being intubated, uh, we were in the waiting room and we got a call from one of our friends and they said, Hey, we know this, um, this guy that 
was um, intubated and he um, received ivermectin. The uh, doctor at that hospital gave it to him. And within 48 hours, he was off the ventilator. So at that time, we had never heard of ivermectin. So, of course, you know, I was like, well, you know, let's call back and see if if they haven't done the procedure yet and we can, you know, stop, stop it. it. Yeah. Well, of course, they had already done it. Um, but, you know, we did our due diligence and looked it up and we requested a meeting and we said, you know, hey, and I, show, I showed them myself. I had found an NIH study that showed that it lowered comorbidity, that ivermectin lowered comorbidity in COVID. So I showed this to the doctors and um, they took it, you know, up to, I think these were actually resident doctors that they sent to meet with us um, at first. And then of course that went, uh, they took our information, but that went up the chain. And then we were immediately met with administration, hospital administration, and they said, absolutely not. Um, Ivermectin is for horses. You can't even get that in any pharmacy in Ohio. In Ohio. They lied to us. We, we already knew we couldn't. Yeah. Uh, exactly. That's, only... that's a complete lie. They demonized this medication. Safe right. humans for decades. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, you can only get it at the local tractor supply. And they just, they tried to make us look stupid oh, yeah. for mm -hmm. even asking. Yeah. Um. So as we did more research, we found Ralph Larego out of um, New York. And we did bring up the fact that Ohio has the right to, right. to try. Yeah. And um, they said no, because it's not in a clinical uh, trial at that time and um you know and it had went up the chain through the hospital there was multiple meetings and it was just no 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 we offered to sign any agreement of where you know we wouldn't sue them if it hurt her and they said no 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 we jumped up and down that yeah. day and get this what we're going to tell you all happened uh, the day they put her on uh, the uh, respirator in one day, all we're going to tell you happened. So we get a hold of Ralph Larego. He's being... We found him out of New York. He yeah. was um, trying a lot of these uh, cases to force the hospitals to administer the ivermectin. And when we did try to find the doctor at the, the, the hospital where they actually administered it was in Ohio. But when we tried to find that doctor... He was no longer on their staff, and no one seemed to know what happened to him. Mm -hmm. Fired. Probably. Yeah, they, they yeah, got rid of him fired. quickly. Real yeah. quick. After he saved a life. Yes. Um, but Ralph had had 11 cases before our case. Our case was his 12th. He took the case, and... Uh, all of the 11 had lived after right. they had received ivermectin. Yeah. And they were all on a ventilator. Right. And he told us that day when we got a hold of him, he said, I need you to do three things. You need to find an Columbus, Ohio attorney that's not affiliated with Ohio Health that will take the case to do the leg, to work. Do the leg work. You need to find a doctor that's willing to prescribe the ivermectin, and you need to find a pharmacy that's willing to fill it. We did that in one day. Wow. So we, yeah, we got all of that done in one day. 
And the next day we filed an emer- the emergency injunctive relief. And they had been arguing in, um, they'd been battling in the courtroom um, via Ralph uh, Larego, our New York attorney, via phone, um, and then Ohio Health. And they had been battling back and forth. Um, and then Ralph finally calls us and he says, um, you know, everything has been going great. The judge doesn't understand why they won't just give her the medicine, why they won't try it. It seems to be going in our favor. Well, then the next day, the judge seemed to have changed his tune. Yes. He was no longer mm-hmm. in our favor, on our side. And um, so Ralph calls us again after they had been back and forth all day. And he says, they have reached an agreement they but they want you to sign this confidentiality agreement that if you were to talk about it you have to pay a million dollars and not only did they want that from my dad my sister and myself they also wanted that from ralph they wanted ralph to be part of this confidentiality agreement and he said you know in his career that has never they have never tried to put an attorney under the same gag order so um the judge calls us and he says um this is like 4 30 in the afternoon where they've been in court all day and he says um do you know what confidentiality is and we're like you know obviously and he says um and this was judge mark sarah out of franklin county and he says um well ohio health wants a million dollars each but i think that that's a little high so i'm going to change it to a hundred thousand each so um he says to us so what you're going to do if anybody talks about this and asks you about this, you're going to say, the judge told me I'm not allowed to talk about it. And he made us repeat after him like we were children. And he said, I want you to repeat this after me. When somebody asks you about it, you say, the judge told me I'm not allowed to talk about it. And then he made us all three repeat it back to him. Unbelievable. Wow. And so... Um, he said, I want you to come to the courthouse. We hadn't been present at all during any of the back and forth. He said, I want you to come to the courthouse and um, we're going to draft this uh, confidentiality agreement and you're going to sign it and she can get the medicine. Well, we get there and we get in the room and the judge, they'd still been arguing back and forth all day. Ralph was not happy with the agreement because it was so it was extortion it was one-sided it was very one-sided and you know we you know we were just trying to save her life and um so the judge says you know i don't even know why i took this case um your attorney is i mean he just had all kinds of negative okay i wrote down what he said okay because the people ought ought to know this too before we forget it what happened in that court that day we didn't find out till a long time later after we hired an attorney 
much later that this judge allowed no recordings whatsoever to go on when we were in there. So we'd had no, we have no evidence of even being in court. So our, our attorney sent his investigator to, he said, look, I want all that was recorded. No way. Judge says, no, nothing, nothing was recorded. So I've never heard of that in my life, but right. that's and just there was the no, So there was no trans written. court reporter or anything, no transcriber? No, nothing. No, nothing. No, no. and it, when we told our, his our staff attorney was in there and they had four lawyers and our local lawyer we had to hire. And then, of course, Ralph was on the phone out in New York. But this is the way it was. We walk in and Judge Mark Sarah starts talking about how busy he was and how he was the only judge in this area that would even look at a case like this. It was really, oh, he was horrible. Yeah. He was upset with our lead attorney, Ralph Laredo, from New York, because he said that every time they got close to an agreement, Ralph wanted to change things. And he, the judge, was tired of dealing with him. And he said that Ralph was the reason that this case won't go forward. He cited his opinions about Ralph, saying that Ralph was only helping us because of his ego, trying to name, uh, make a name for himself. So he runs our lead attorney down so quick, uh, it blew our minds. So only thing I knew to do... Well, and he also said, uh, he looked straight at us and said, if your wife does not get the medicine right. and she dies, it is your attorney Ralph's fault absolutely put the whole blame on ralph so and while we're sitting in this courtroom he's not even allowing ralph to be part of the conversation whatsoever no. they don't have him on a zoom call they don't have him on the phone nothing he's our lead attorney he's our lead attorney the so only attorney we have you. yeah so we had uh -huh. jeff perry which is the local attorney that we had hired but we really you know we to didn't, do the legwork yeah he was only the person that was filing whatever ralph told him to file you know, he wasn't our lead attorney. You know, he was just there because he was our, we had to have somebody from Ohio because Ralph doesn't have a license in Ohio. So this was so bad about Ralph that, you know, he, we're, we're, you know, we have a brain. So we're sitting there listening to him say all this. And I said, okay, okay. I fire Ralph right now. Well, before you did that, Melissa raised her hand. Yeah, okay. My sister, go. Melissa, she raised her hand and she said, well, can we, you know, can we talk to Ralph? Like, you know, oh, here yeah. he is not even in present. They're not even allowing him to be present. And he's, the judge looks at her and, you know, we're in tears, me and my sister. Sure. Uh, the judge's staff attorneys in tears, even Ohio Health's attorneys were in tears. And, um... He says, you have three minutes. You can go out of the courtroom and call him. Three minutes. You have minutes. three minutes. Wow. So we do so, that. So we call, so we go and we call Ralph and, you know, he's trying to, you know, he only has three minutes, but he's trying to tell us how awful this agreement is and how they're making all these changes that are very, you know, one-sided, but, you know, we're, this is we get the medicine or we don't and that's all we cared about was yes, we, we get care. the medicine or we don't and 
we just said, please sign it. And he said, I can't sign this. He said, I can't. And uh, we had to tell him so we had we to had, fire him. We had to tell him that we had to fire him. He understood. And um, we go back in the courtroom and the judge had already been talking with Ohio Health attorneys while we were in the room and no attorneys for us were in the room nope. at all. And he's making an agreement with Ohio Health. And um, hey, before I got sit down, he said, Mr. Downs, we've come to an agreement. Ohio Health attorneys have agreed that I will put a, a gag order on your attorney in New York. That way he can't. Well, he's out of the picture. So yeah, as long as they're a gag, a gag order on Ralph, they'll allow the agreement to go through. And right. he said, and your wife will get tomorrow. The ivermectin get it tomorrow. tomorrow. He said, we will draft a new agreement and tomorrow you will go and you will sign it and she will get the medicine. Right. So um, the next day we drive up to our Columbus attorney's uh, office and he has everything laid out the front counter, not in his office at all. And he has it just um, set out to where we need to sign. And my dad asks him, has there been any changes since yesterday evening? And he said, oh, yeah, a couple things, but don't worry about it. It doesn't really mean anything. So just sign it and get the medicine over there so she can get it. So, you know, that's what we did. And, oh, and the changes were basically that if the doctors at Ohio Health felt like um, felt like it would be dangerous for her to take the medicine, that they wouldn't have to give it to her. Right. Wow. And, it took all the pressure off the judge, too, see? Yes, exactly. Uh, after he made the statement, well, she's going to get it tomorrow. Well, they changed the contract after we left. And they also changed the contract to add... Um, not only would we be liable, but our next of kin would also be liable. Oh, our my kids, God. Grandkids. You, you cannot be serious. You, you've never heard anything like this in your never. life. It, this is, it's unconscionable. It's so, so we go to the, okay, we, we go, we sign it. We, we go over to the hospital and we go to her room and her doors are wide open. First time. Oh, you don't have to wear the garb anymore because she doesn't have COVID. Oh, my. We're like, we knew as soon as we walked in that room and the doors were open and were, they hadn't been open. Right. We knew something was up. We knew that they were up to no good. So we wait an hour, wait two hours. We wait three hours. Nothing. We keep about. calling and saying, you know, we're, we want to let us know when the doctors are there. We want to watch them give her the ivermectin because we don't trust that they're going to do it without us. Right. Being there. So finally, our attorney from Columbus there, Jeff, he he calls and says, that, ask a question. Is she off the vent? We said, absolutely not. She's got a high fever and all that. No, she's not. Well, someone, he said, someone from Ohio Health. Emailed, called whatever to the judge's staff attorney while we were waiting and said that Brenda was doing significantly better. And no longer needed. No longer the needed the ivermectin. So what did the judge do? We were we were livid. So what did he do? He shelved the whole thing until we could get counsel together, which never, ever happened. But while we were waiting, the yeah, attorney also said 
the Columbus attorney, Jeff Perry, he also said, do, uh, the doctors want to have a meeting with you. Do you want to meet with them? Oh. And we, and if you do, do you want me to be present? And we said, no, we don't want a meeting. And then, then they're saying, oh, well, she might be having uh, cognitive issues. So we're like, um, then my sister was messaging the the attorney back and she, he, she said, well, I guess we need to know what these cognitive issues are. And then I'm like, as we discussed it, we're like, no, they're they're pulling this. They're they, doing this dirty. They took, and took her to she, another floor and gave so her a CT messaged, scan. So she messaged him back and said, no, we do not want a meeting. Just give her the medicine now. She needs it now. No meeting. And they come, five of their doctors come barging in the room in the waiting room and ambushed us and it was their head infectious disease doctor um Gestaldo. dr joseph gastaldo it was their pulmonologist dr uh chowdhury um their lead pharmacist and um i, I can't remember the two others offhand um but Am ambushed us though. yeah and they told us that um, she no longer had COVID, um, that she, um, they felt like she was having cognitive issues because she wasn't waking up and she should be awake. Mm -hmm. So, um, ivermectin can cause issues, more issues cognitively. And so it would be completely unsafe for her to have it right now. Couldn't wake up because they was giving her a Fentanyl. Yeah, they were giving her high doses high of fentanyl dose. and other sedation medicines. Mm -hmm. And I I said that and they were like, well, no, she should still be awake. I'm like, not when she's on that much sedation. And she is a small woman. She's only five foot. She takes child doses of any medicine she takes. And so, but they, you know, they didn't want to hear any of that. And yeah, then this, um, this is what they do, and they they over sedate uh, the patients, yes, and then they, they claim they claim that they can't pass breathing trials to come off a ventilator. But it's because they're on so much sedation that they can't follow commands. And you know, this she came through for a couple three days and followed commands. Yeah, but then they sedated her again. Every yeah. time she would wake up, they yeah. would sedate her again, and then they would act like they had no idea what happened. Exactly. It yeah, was the I, most there were there was thirty. This is just I'll throw this in. There was she had thirty three hundred pages of of medical records for what twenty eight days stay or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't give them to me. I request them no. So I had to get our local attorney in Logan where we live to get a form from them and have our Hawking County judge our judge to sign this paper to get those medical uh right. records released i've never heard of anything right. like that in my life yeah, so our attorney pans they know you're going to do something like that they won't they won't give them they make it very difficult so i always advise mm -hmm. my clients i had to, to go to court just yeah yeah exactly i just advise my clients to request the the records just like don't even mention anything just go down to medical records mm -hmm. and request it as you normally would like just for your just for your records um, because then the, you have a, a chance because if they even think that you're hinting at litigation of any kind, they, they won't, they're going to make you go through all of the process of subpoenaing the, uh, doing the subpoena for the records. But we, we've got a ton to dig into. I'm up against a break, but we're going to be back here and get, uh, dig into the, 
the heart of this story. America Out Loud Talk Radio plays on the iHeartRadio network. You can also listen on our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best in-class apps available on Apple, Android, or Alexa 24-7. Great talk radio. All of our shows go to podcast the following day. You can hear them on apps such as Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart Podcast, and many more. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show on Apple Podcasts for me. Don't forget to check out all of our online store at americaoutloud.shop where you can find all of the products that we represent on our network at a discounted rate, including a sea of redox, which I can personally speak to seeing fantastic results with, including better sleep, increased energy, improved mood, and a decrease in my joint pain. Use promo code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your purchase. We'll catch you on the other side of this break. Stay with us. It's time and this is The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. ASEA believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel our very best. Our customers will tell you how our products have made a difference for them, from improving immune health and supporting gut health to reducing the appearance of wrinkles and even improving mind, mood, and energy. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA. We power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. You've all heard Dr. McCullough and others share over and over the value of keeping your sinuses cleansed. It's a smart move all year, but even more so when we're cooped up inside. It's not really open for debate any longer. Those that live smart and live well pay attention to nasal and oral hygiene. Cofix RX has just the tools for the job with our nasal and throat cleanse. Click the CofixRx banner on americaoutloud.shop to get 20% off your entire order. That's right, americaoutloud.shop. Use coupon code OUTLOUD. That's coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off your entire order. Use CofixRx because it works. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high-stress, on-the-go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart-healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health, cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Many voices, one freedom, united in the First Amendment. Our goal is to herald the voice of genuine liberty at AmericaOutloud.news. 
a place where you'll find the naked truth expressed with a patriotic heart. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. Wherever you're listening from today and whatever you're doing, I thank you for giving me the gift of your time. Be sure to make AmericaOutloud.news your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so we can help secure America's future. If you're just joining us, I've been talking with Don Downs and Kara Bookman. This is the husband and daughter of Brenda Downs, who was a victim of deadly hospital protocols and the denial of life-saving medications. Let's jump right back in with their story. Um, yeah, so the doctors had um, come ambushed us in the waiting room, and she did have a high fever. So we had agreed um, to, and they were doing running a lot of neurological tests that were a complete sham. And of course, she passed all of them. Called our but, local doctor also. Um, yes, they also called our local doctor that had agreed to prescribe the ivermectin and wrote a letter on why she should receive it. And they um, told her that, or told him that no one um, at that hospital was willing to administer the ivermectin. And that he did not have um, rights to practice in that hospital, so he could not come to the hospital. And he offered her. to that minute, I will come up and give it to her. And they said, no, you're not associated with us, so you will not come on this property. And it was Gastaldo. Yeah, that made that phone call. Right. We And they did it behind our back. They did the CT scan. We didn't know about it till later. And also the phone call to our local doctor. Yeah, and um, they... We did agree to wait one day on the ivermectin um, just because of the high fever and just because we were getting very scared about what they would do to her. Right. To not because they were putting her through all these tests. And it was like they were definitely overreaching, doing whatever they could to not give her the medicine. Right. So we started fearing that they might intentionally hurt her. Yes. Or us. To not Absolutely. give her the medicine. Um, and they had already agreed to give, someone from the hospital had already agreed to give it to her, but they wouldn't tell us who that person was. No. But then he calls and says no one was no. willing after we signed the documents. But after we had agreed to wait, um, all of a sudden our local attorney won't answer our phone calls um, and we find out later that our local attorney had told um, the judge's staff attorney that we no longer wanted the ivermectin. Unbelievable. We never told him that. We only told him that we were willing to wait a day. So that's why he wasn't answering our phone calls. He told us that the judge's staff attorney was on vacation and just would not do anything I'd, with us. Yeah, and I believe it was four days went by. And he would not respond to us after being on. Uh, we was communicating with him by the hour before all this 
this note, this message comes from the hospital that she's doing significantly better. But I do, I have to say this, one of the most important parts of this story, I will never rest until I find out who at Ohio Health, the day she was to get the ivermectin, relayed a message to the judge's staff attorney, Paige Kahn. They told the judge staff attorney that Brenda was doing significantly better. That's the biggest lie. This one incident cost her her life. That's just one incident. But so he shelved it. And until we could get counsel together, he says, never happened. She lived days, days, days. But he was also told a lie by our local attorney that we didn't want the medicine. It wasn't true. Yeah, I knew he sold us out that day. And then then he really. So I believe he was. Only God knows, you know, and he knows and the judge knows. But uh, I believe he was threatened or paid off. One of the, one of the two. He had to be. Oh, absolutely. So nothing like this happens. Now he's going to. Well, we'll get into that, too. So after we. Um, after we. After she died, she died on September 2nd of 2021. We in an effort to clear ourselves from this. um confidentiality agreement because you know we do not want to be held liable for that much money um and our next of kin we um asked jeff perry the local attorney to dismiss have uh, to file a dismissal of the case and he he said that he would and we said now does this get us out from under the confidentiality and you know he said i'll have to speak with the judge but i'm sure it will well, then after it all goes through, we ask him again, are we are we not bound to this confidentiality now? And he says, no, um, you're still bound. Um, you know, I wouldn't lose any sleep over it because I'm in part of the confidentiality, too, which I'm pretty sure that was a lie was looking a lie. at the contract. Now he's not in it. Right. He lied. Uh, but he said, I wouldn't lose any sleep uh, if you talked about it. But, you know, if you want me to represent you to get you out from under the contract, I can do that. After after the judge, I paid this guy $1,650 to send a letter to the judge to get it dismissed. And then it gets dismissed. And then we, we asked him, are we still bound to the gag order? Yes. And if you want representation, I'd be glad to do that for you. Are you kidding me? So we then hired and and we spoke to some other attorneys and they all also all felt that we were still under the confidentiality agreement by looking at it. So we hired uh, Warner Mendenhall out of Akron, Ohio, and he's been dealing with a lot of these mandates, cases against these mandates. And um, so he agreed to take our case. He also felt that we were bound and we filed um, a lawsuit you know, requesting to be released from the confidentiality agreement. And Ohio Health has now uh, countersued us for filing a frivolous lawsuit, saying that we should have known that we were not bound to it. Although our our attorney now believes that if we had spoken without um, going to court, that they would have immediately sued us, right. which we know that they would have. But they're saying that we should have known that because we declined 
uh, wanting the ivermectin. We dismissed the case. We should have known that we were not under it. And now they want us to pay their attorney fees after, you know, my mom was murdered at their hands and they're a multi-million dollar hospital organization. They want us to pay all of their attorney fees. So they're suing the three of us plus our attorney. And they also want sanctions against Warner Mendenhall for filing this lawsuit on our behalf. So the, this, we have a, they're, what they're seeking from you now is not the, um, not not due to the uh, the breach of the confidentiality agreement, but for no. this for just attorney fees for what they consider a frivolous lawsuit. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Just to add yes. to add insult to injury. Because I mean, I'm not they an attorney, even... but that doesn't sound yeah. like it made oh, sense to right. me. So so this second judge is handling this case. He looked at it, and he ruled. Just uh, what? Not too long ago, he ruled that we were not under the gag order. Right. But but there was no way we knew that. So I, I've spent $21,000. Oh, my gosh. After we was told by our local attorney and other attorneys and our attorney now that, yes, we were. So, but I, I wasn't. So I've wasted $21,000, according to this judge, basically. But he goes- According to Ohio Health. Ohio Health, yeah. And so he goes back in law to 2005, where there's like three cases where it shows that, yeah, we're probably wrong, but we didn't know it. I mean, this is, this is criminal what what they've done. So in his eyes, the second judge, and we're not speaking bad about him at all. He's just going by the law, but we have since refiled and we're asking this same judge to look such and such law says this, this, and this. So uh, he, he wants us to work this out. But I can tell you right now, they want us to shut up. They are not willing to work it out at all. Every time we we have been just asking for the judge to dismiss the case. Right. And Ohio Health comes back harder. Yeah. Wants more, more, more. Yeah. They just want us to be quiet and they want us to pay their attorney fees. Okay. And the co- case was supposed to be held in Columbus against us. Or a, or a, a trial, trial, but a trial with the judge. Yeah. October 23rd. He counsels it and puts it out till April. So here we are in April facing this frivolous lawsuit deal. And I want the people to, to look up the word frivolous. They told this second judge that we were under no duress through all this. Are you kidding oh me? Yep. It yep. is zero duress. Even zero. If they even specified in the courtroom that we weren't under duress in the courtroom. Oh, they were balling. And I mean, of course you were. I mean, of course you were. How is oh. that even a question when your loved one's right. life is literally hanging in the balance? I'm certain you right. would have said or done anything to save your family Right. Well, you know, it it I, Epoch Times they did a long interview with us and they put out a great report. But he, his last question to me was, "What is your last comment on this?" I said, "Let me tell you something, and I want everybody to hear this. If I and my daughters ha- and my wife hadn't went through this." I would have a hard time myself believing that this really happened. It is that outrageous and unconscionable. It To look at it all, to go through it, I was the first one 
when we had a meeting, when I was jumping up, up and down for them to give her the ivermectin, I asked the, their top, top brass, hey, how many people have sued this monster organization to get their loved one uh, ivermectin or any other thing that might help when they're told that they're on life support and they don't have any chance? How many people have sued you? In 19 months at that point, I was the first one. And they admitted it. And they laughed basically in my face like I wasn't going to do it. Well, they found out the next day this thing was real. But I had I not went through it, I would have a hard time believing it still that something like this could happen in America. And it's even, so evil. you know, even though, even though what I went through with Ohio Health, I still, you know, in my heart thought that when we filed this lawsuit, they would say, yes, just you're free from it. Yes, you can, you know, it's just let it go. And no, they no. Want, they want to fight back against us. And, and they're, they're going to make an example like, out of you. That's it, exactly. Right. And and um, well, this slipped my mind what I wanted to say. But um, in all of this, we still we're Christian people. We still pray for these people Amen. because they they have a soul, but they still need held accountable for what they've done. Not just to Brenda, but to other family members and uh, uh, 1.2 million. This protocol actually killed over a million people in this country. It absolutely and has. If they're if your audience is, is, when they listen to this, I would just ask them to look at what happened in India at the same time. They have 1.2, 1.3 billion people. They have over four times our population. And they only lost 650,000 people. Why? Their government gave them all ivermectin when they found out that's what would help. The, in, in the United States, we lost 1.2 million out of 400. Uh, it, this is, so there's proof right there. Yeah. And what's interesting, the, I was I was just featured in a book uh, called What the Nurses Saw. And this was myself and other nurses that are, have been speaking out about what they witnessed in the hospitals. And they determined that of that number of the 1.2 million, um, I mean, it's close to a million of those people died in the hospital. And I know you're not very familiar with my organization or what I the work that I've done, but um, I say this all the time that, you know, if patients were dying of the virus itself, then why were we not pulling bodies uh, from homes or off of the streets? Nobody was dying right. anywhere except for in our mm -hmm. hospitals. So that right. to me is That's proof right. right there that it is not Absolutely. COVID that is killing these people. It is the absolute mm -hmm. total medical mismanagement protocol. of COVID and deadly hospital protocols that are killing millions yeah. of people. Yeah. And they continue today. Yes, I know that. Yeah. 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 But, you know, we're being sued right now from Ohio Health for a, for us uh, calling what they call a frivolous lawsuit. And um, so frivolous, I want to tell the people, it means this, not having any serious purpose or value. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? So our what they're saying is our case to this judge and my wife, these kids' mother had no serious purpose or value. It means foolish, idiotic, 
impractical, petty, pointless, senseless, and childish. This is what they're saying about us. The official frivolous lawsuit meaning, according to the U.S. legal system, is a legal claim that is filed by any entity or individual who is well aware that the lawsuit has no facts or basis to support it. Frivolous lawsuits may also be filed to delay other legal uh, proceedings. Now, versus what our family went through at their their hands, Ohio Health and the the first judge, to, to us, this was unconscionable, which means not right or reasonable. An objective that means without conscience, unscrupulous, so unfair or unjust that it shocks the conscience. That's exactly what's happened in this case. Um, so, you know, we just, you know, that's why we're telling our story. And, uh, you know, we have had phone calls from, from the public and uh, it's eased in their mind. They've lost family members and they're, you know, they're behind us. And, um, but, you know, you can go with this here if you want. Um, yeah, so we have some uh, social media sites that you can follow us on. Um, on X, Getter, uh, Facebook, Telegram, and Truth Social, we're um, at Brenda's Battle. And um, we have a Gibson Go to help us uh, with our legal fees against Ohio Health. And it's uh, GibsonGo.com and it's slash Brenda's Battle 21. So the social media is just at Brenda's Battle, and then the Give, Send, Go is Brenda's Battle 21. Excellent. And we'll include links to all of your social media as well as to the Give, Send, Go in our show notes that will accompany this episode once it goes to podcast. Um, I, I think that this your story really um, brings to light the the corruption the level of corruption that exists in yeah. in the hospital systems i mean they're they're kind of all in bed together if you ask me but the, oh yeah i'm sure uh, they are the the court systems and, and it's in every state it's at every level um and, yeah. and this story really really highlights that so i thank you for mm-hmm. for sharing with us with with my listeners and um whatever we can do to help get that story out there we will absolutely do it and, um, you know, I think this, again, just underscores the need to have an advocate. Now, did you have any type of advocacy at all? Any any nurses or doctors or any advocacy organizations that um, external network to, to ha- offer you assistance or any guidance during this time? Or was it just the, no. yourself no, and the attorneys? Nothing. No. Yeah, we, and, you know, this is pretty much wore us out. And but. And I quit twice. I said, no, I can't go anymore. I just can't do it. Yeah. And, but I don't say that anymore. We're going all the way. Absolutely. We're, we're not going to shut up because it's right. Yes. It's time for people to stand up uh, for good and not evil. It needs exposed. And if we lose that, if I lose everything I've got, so be it. I don't, you know, everything I, I own belongs to the Lord anyhow, but you know, I've got over fifty thousand dollars in this, um, and most of it's lawyer fees, and um, it just keeps mounting. But uh, I'm not rich by any means, uh, but the Lord has provided, so we'll just see what happens. Yeah. Um, from now till April, and the other shows that we've been on are, uh, I think this I told you was the seventeenth. 
one, uh, either 14 or 15 wants us back on to keep them updated on our case. So. Yeah, absolutely. We will have you back on as well. We would love to have you back on. Um, please keep us posted and we will be following this very, very closely. And uh, like I said, any way that uh, we can help, please feel free to reach out and, you know, we're here for you guys. Um, I thank we you for being it. here. Absolutely. Um, I thank you for being here and uh, we will be following, like I said, we'll be following this case. Okay. Thank you very right. much. You're very welcome. That's all the time that we have for today, friends. But remember, we are here on the air five days a week, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. You can also catch the encore at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please be sure to tune in and listen to myself and my amazing sister nurses. As we walk you through all of these hot topics, we will empower you with information and education. We will advocate and we will stand in the gap for you because we are nurses and this is what we do. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton, and you can find me here every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. Until next time, be safe, be well, and God bless. Remember that we are in a war for truth. We are putting out a bounty on the real misinformation and exposing the purveyors of propaganda. No topic is off limits as we shine our lights and expose the darkness. It's time and